Welcome to the C12 Podcast. My name is Matt, and today we have Yona in our second week of our new series called Miracles. And in this week, we'll be unpacking where Jesus healed a Roman official's child and what we can learn from it. We hope you are encouraged and guided by today's message. What's up, C12? Oh, man. I heard like three people say, woo. So, you want to say it again? What's up, C12? I guess when somebody says what's up, you respond with woo. That's cool. Um, hey, man, I'm, uh, and women, I'm glad you guys are here. Um, it's so good to be here with you guys. How many of you guys came ready um, to hear from God tonight? Like, I don't know why you're here. I don't know why you decided to show up tonight. But I truly believe that every time that we come to a place like this, like God has a, a, a word that he wants to give to you. And sometimes we can miss God's word. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, can sometimes not, we can miss God's word, right? All right. Hey, when I ask questions, I want you guys to say yes, to shout it, to clap, right? Like, get, get out, engage with me a little bit because I love having conversations. I love talking. I love chatting with, with you guys. And when it feels like it's just me up here, like, talking the whole time, um, I, I, obviously, honestly, I can't see you very well either because there's, like, smoke in the room. Um, so if you can talk, clap, say something back, um, and respond, then we're going to have a good time tonight. You guys good with that? There they are. All right, cool. So, yeah, I think, like, God has a word for you tonight, and it's very easy sometimes for us to miss what God wants to say to us um, if we're distracted. So I honestly just want to jump straight into it. I want to jump right into it. You guys okay with that if we just jump right into God's word? All right? Like, because we came to hear from the Lord, and we spent some time in his presence, and so we're in week two of this series we're calling Miracles. And basically what that is, if you haven't been around, if you weren't here last week, it's we're taking some time to go and dig into some of the uh, stories in the New Testament where Jesus performed some miracles. And each miracle was a little bit different, and he did miracles um, each way uh, like a, with a little bit different method, right? And so we're trying to dig into this, these stories that happened over 2,000 years ago. But they're like not just stories like, you know, fairy tale stories. They're stories that actually happened, right? Say with me. They actually happened. There it is. So it's not just a story we're reading from some like fiction book, right? It's like stories that happened um, in Jesus' time. And so my question to you is like, hey, can, do you think God can speak to you from a story that happened over 2,000 years ago? Yeah? Do you believe that? Like, what about if it's a story, I mean, obviously with people that like are long dead and gone, like, can God still speak to you through that? Yeah. Like, and can God speak to us through his word? And even though there's stories, it's like, you know, I don't know if you've ever, like, there's parts of the Bible where God is, God is very clear and gives us a command. Like, you know, anybody heard of the Ten Commandments? Raise your hand. Yeah. Like, there's parts in scripture where God says, hey, do not kill. Like, you don't read that and go, I wonder what the interpretation is of that scripture, <laughs> right? Like, you just go, okay, I got it, Lord. <laughs> I won't do that. But then there's other parts of, the, of uh, the Bible that are stories. And, like, do you think that God can give you practical, everyday um, teachings or tools that you can apply to your daily living? Can, do you think he can do that? Yeah, definitivamente, right? That's your Spanish word of the day. So, Definitely, he can do that. He can do that. He can speak to us. And so listen, we've been, we've been in these stories, and God's been revealing some really neat stuff um, to us. This story we're going to read today is from the book of John, and it's about, we'll, we'll get to read it together in just a little bit. But um, I was sharing with a couple of you guys before we uh, started the service tonight, like literally God spoke to me so clearly 
this week as I was digging into God's word. Um, and the way that I dug into God's word with this passage was a little bit different. I, I love reading like big context, reading like, love reading the word of God like book by book almost. Um, and watch videos on like who uh, wrote the book, who was the author, right? Like, I mean, excuse me, the audience, like what was the purpose of it? But sometimes it's great to like dig into just one little piece of passage and go verse by verse. And I got a lot of truth from it. I had a lot of like really great times with the Spirit, um, him, him ministering to me, challenging me. Um, and I thought, you know, why don't we do that together, you know? And, and if, you, if you've been here at all this summer, you've seen Josh Ivey teaching this little bit of a style. He'll, um, he'll kind of read a passage and then he'll open up the floor and he'll be like, hey, um, if God showed you something in this passage, yell it out. Have you guys been around when he does that? Yeah. And uh, it's been awesome because you can see how everybody receives a little bit of the different angle from the word of God. And so we're going to do that tonight, but I want to do a little bit different. Instead of reading the whole passage and then going like, why did God speak to you? Like an, a, kind of a broad perspective. I want to go verse by verse and then see what God speaks to us like in each verse. And then we'll see where we go. Is that cool with you guys? All right. Awesome. Is that cool with you guys? A little bit more excitement. Come on. There, there you are. Okay. There it is. Yeah, I come from a charismatic church, man. Amen. Like yelling in the room like, that's, that's me. Okay. <laughs> so if you all start dancing and jumping up in the aisles, like, I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'll do it with you probably. So, um, so let's do this, okay. We're going we're gonna to read the scripture a little bit different. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand up. So go ahead and get up. I know we're a lot of standing today and sitting down. But we're going to stand up and we're actually all going to read this scripture at the same time out loud in the room. All right, so get ready. Take a deep breath. We're going to do it together. If you have your Bible, you can follow along with us there. If not, it's going to be on the screen. It's New Living Translation. Okay, and it's, it's going to be in John. Let me see. John. You're already making fun of my accent. That's cool. <laughs> hey, that's, that's all good. Um, John 4. So John chapter 4, starting in verse 46. Going to verse 54, okay? You got it? So let's do it. It's going to be up on the screen. Let's read it together, right? Loud and proud. Come on. One, two, three. As he traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana, where he had turned the water into wine. There was a government official in nearby. I was waiting for this moment. Capernaum. Capernaum whose son was very sick. Let's, let's get together. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son who was about to die. Let's keep going. Jesus asked, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? The official pleaded, Lord, Please come now before my little boy dies. Then Jesus told them, go back home, your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. Let's keep going. While the man was on his way, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. 
He asked them when the boy had begun to get better, and they replied, Yesterday afternoon at 1 o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that that was the very time Jesus had told them, Your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. This was the second miraculous sign Jesus did in Galilee after coming from Judea. Come on, give us some praise for that. That was good. That was good. That was great. Okay, you guys can have a seat. You guys can have a seat. Hey, you guys are great. You even said Capernaum. Good, kind of. Um, I, I had to Google how to pronounce that word. Many conflicting answers. I just picked one. Um, but hey, I'm going to just kind of recap what we read because I know a lot of you were just trying, like reading along and trying to keep up with everybody and you forgot to understand. So, <laughs> so uh, let's just recap for a little bit, okay? Here's what happened. Jesus was in Cana. If you were here last week, we talked about the, the miracle where Jesus turned water into wine in Cana, okay? And then he, Jesus was back here and there was a government official. Remember, um, in that moment, the Roman Empire was... Uh, in control of the entire region of, of Israel, right? So the Jews were under Roman um, control. And there was a government official nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick, right? So he heard that Jesus was in, in, in the region. And I kind of, I googled um, the, the distance from where he lived to where he had to walk to Jesus was. And it's, think about walking from here all the way to Buckhead, like by foot. So there's no car, there's no internet, there's no like social media, like, they just heard, like that's how, that's how news traveled so fast this, this entire time. And he heard that Jesus was that far away and he decided to take off on, on a, like probably like a 20-hour journey, you know, um, in, in that time. And so he started going towards Jesus was and he gets, I don't know how he ends up getting to the city, you know, finding Jesus, ends up having a conversation with Jesus. Like I don't even know how that happened. But he basically tells him, Jesus, please come back. Like, if you're in Buckhead, imagine that. Please come back with me to Lawrenceville because my son is sick. Like, that's a bold ask of Jesus, right? Like, you just made this long trek and you're asking Jesus to come with him. And Jesus kind of, you know, says an answer like, hey, like, will you not believe in me unless you see me, like, perform stuff? And he just goes, Lord, please, like, come back and heal him. And he says, your son will live. You know, obviously we heard the story. Then he goes back. He believes him. He go takes off back to his home. His servants kind of meet him up, you know, halfway. It's like, your, your son is fine. I, I don't know what was happening in this moment. I don't know if they were like, hey, you didn't have to make the, the trip. Like, he actually got better. <laughs> like, I, I think that's what we were trying to, like, communicate to him. But really what happened is he, was, he, asked, he asked some questions. He was like, hey, so, like, when, when did this happen? When did he get better? And it was like around the same time that Jesus said, your son will live. And so he was healed. And literally Jesus healed his sick son from like 22 miles away, which is insane, right? So that's the story. That's what we're talking about today. And so um, basically what we're going to do is I want us to go verse by verse, okay? So we're going to have a little bit of interaction, all right? So um, if you, <laughs> it's funny because if you're introverted by nature, like if you don't like talking out loud, every single one of these weeks you're like, oh, Lord, why? Like why is this happening? And people who are extroverted are like, yes, like we get to talk in church. Um, I don't know about you, but as a kid I was always like, can I ask questions to the, to the preacher? Like I have some questions. Like we, we might not get into that today, but like we'll have some conversations, okay? So this is what I want us to do. I want us to go verse by verse. This first uh, verse we're going to do two verses at the same time, okay? And I have the whiteboard here. And I, I would love for you guys to read this and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. So before we go in, I want to ask you to close your eyes and let's just 
just pray, okay? Just pray right there where you are because you came not to hear from me talking into a mic. You came because God has a word for you. Like, accept that. So in your heart, let's just begin to pray. God, would you open my eyes tonight? Open my ears. Lord, would you speak to me, God? Lord, you know the state of my heart. You know the things that people don't know. You see the things that people don't see. You know what I'm really thinking. You know what I'm really feeling. You know exactly what I need. And so tonight, God, I'm begging you, would you speak to me through your word tonight? Would you open my spiritual ears to hear the voice of God through these stories, Lord, that they would impact the way that I live? Holy Spirit, shine your light on your word tonight. Give me revelation. In Jesus' name, I pray. And if you believe that prayer, would you say amen? Awesome, awesome. So if you brought notes, um, if you have a phone, like I always say, man, take notes. You retain so much more of what God is telling you when you write stuff down. And maybe you hear something from the Lord today, and then two days later, you forget. Three weeks later, you're like, what was that thing that we talked about? And, and if you wrote it down, God could be like, oh, I wrote it down. And you go back into it. And that's, that's where the Bible, like, that's where the scripture comes to life in your daily life, okay? So write stuff down. So come in. Let's do it. So as he traveled through Galilee, just begin to ask yourself, what do you see? What's God telling you? Let's just, you know, even if you're just stating facts, that's fine. Um, he came to Cana where he had turned the water into wine. There was a government official in nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son who was about to die. So what do you notice? What jumps out at you? Um, what do you see? Come on. Not everybody at once. Government official. Yeah. So what government was it? Government official. Yeah. What, what do you think that tells you about, about the story? How does, this, how does that affect it? How does it set it up? Why is it, what do you think it's a big deal? He's an official, right? Who is Jesus in this, in this time? Yeah, he's just another guy, right? Like, I mean, he's a teacher, right? But he's a Jew, right? And so imagine, like, we get, um, like, obviously you've, heard, you've read history, right? Like, there's countries that get taken over by other governments all the time, especially in ancient history. And this is one of those times. Like, the Roman Empire was literally occupying Israel, and one of the government officials, not like a, a soldier, not someone who like worked for the government. This is like a commander, right? Is going to a Jew to ask for help. Like already that tells you a lot about his posture, how, how he's feeling. Okay, what else? Say it again. He asked for? He asked, asks for a miracle. I like that. He went. He went. I'll put that in bold letters. Awesome. He went. There's action there. Anything else jumps out at you? Woo! I'm getting excited, y'all. I'm getting excited. He went. He begged. Okay, that's good. Let's look at the verbs. Let's look at the verbs. What else? What else did he do? Is there anything else in there? He went back to where his first miracle was, okay? Back to the first miracle site. Ah, I was going to put circle. Circle. <laughs> All right, cool, 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 cool. Man, I, I love these right here. He went, he begged, he heard. Y'all are preaching tonight. Come on, he heard. You know what, let's put it in order. How about we do that? He heard, and then what? Then he went, and then he begged. But before all that, it's not a verb we see there. 
But he had a need. He needed. And I don't know about you, but that's a lot of our story sometimes. That's a lot of our stories. A lot of you guys tonight are in one of these, like this, this progression of action, right? I mean, raise your hand if you have a need of some sort in your life. Come on. Like, we all have a need, right? Whether it's financial, student loans, whether it's a relationship, whether it's physical healing, emotional healing. Um, gosh, you name it. What other needs are there? Just shout them out. Maybe if it's not yours, it's fine. But just what are some needs that you feel like that maybe our generation experiences a lot? Validation. Intimacy. Somebody yelled over here. Food and water, yeah. Purpose. What are some miracles that people need? Think about that. What are some miracles that people today are needing? Do you think about that? you think like there's people out there who actually still need miracles? Do you think miracles are still needed in our time? Yeah, like what? Like what kind of miracles are needed? Do you people? Healing. What else? What's that? Revival. Woo! Say that again, man, for the people in, you're already in the back. <laughs> yeah, revival, revival. What does revival even look like? Let's talk about that. What does revival look like? I mean, I want to put that up there. Healing, revival, miracle. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. I think this is really wise for us to do because if, if we look at the word of God together, we can see, man, God's, God's speaking in the room. And so, like, don't disengage in this moment. Like, don't underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit speaking to you through the word of God. And if, if you feel something burning in your heart, like, if you don't want to say it, like, write it at least, okay? Um, but, yeah, there, he, he had a need. And then he heard. A lot of you guys, you might not be aware of other people's needs, but you're aware of your need. And maybe you're needing of a miracle tonight. Of some sort, right? Um, and then what happened next? He, he heard. What happened next? He heard. He heard that Jesus was in town. And if you're in this room, I, I can bet at some point you've heard of the name of Jesus, right? Like whether it's your first night tonight and somebody invited you and said, hey, there's this thing called C12, young adults, college thing. Like you should come and you heard about it and you want to come in here. This is the first time you hear about Jesus. Or you've been coming for a long time. You probably heard that Jesus can do miracles, right? You've probably heard that Jesus is a way maker, right? We sing about it all the time. And he can literally fulfill your need. So maybe you're, maybe you're in that stage today or you're past that stage. Or you're probably in a stage where he went. Maybe you're already in a place where like either, either physically you already came to this place and to you it's a big deal. Maybe you've never stepped into church and you're coming in tonight and you're going like, man, I heard about this place and I'm going to go and you went. Or maybe spiritually you're thinking like, you know what? Um, I, I've heard that Jesus can heal X, Y, and Z, and I have a need, so I'm going to go to him in prayer for that. Maybe, I don't, I don't know about you, but sometimes in my life, there's things that I feel like I have to solve myself, and then I forget, I can ask for God to heal me in this area. I can pray and ask him to heal. Like, don't underestimate the power of prayer. Like, there's stuff that if you've been trying to overcome certain things in your life and you haven't succeeded, have you tried praying? And I'm not just saying like, oh, Lord, I wish this would go away. I'm talking about like desperate prayer, like going to the Lord and praying and begging. Look at that. He begged. He begged Jesus. Like, how do you think that looked like? Give me, give me some, some examples. Physically, what do you think he was doing? On his knees? Is that what you were going to say? 
On his knees, what else? Grabbing his clothes, sobbing. What did you say? Crying. Like he's probably been making a scene, right? And if he heard from 22 miles away that Jesus was in town, there's probably a lot of people. And again, I don't know how he got to Jesus, but he's on his knees and he's probably like just screaming, like getting his attention because there's a lot of people in town that need miracles from Jesus. And they're all trying to get to Jesus. So he had to find a way to say, I'm going to beg even harder. I'm going to scream even louder. I'm going to make even a bigger scene because I need Jesus to heal my son. Like he's dying. And I walked all this way because I know, because I heard that Jesus is in town. And I want him to do something about it. Like that's desperation, don't you think? Because listen to me. He was a government official, right? Like, again, they're occupying um, Israel. No government official would ever think to even go to a Jew and ask for help or even ask for mercy or ask them to do anything. So this is the truth that we can take from this. Okay, if you want to write this down, you, you can. Desperate faith is willing to do the unthinkable for the impossible. Listen to that again. Desperate faith is willing to do the unthinkable for the impossible. But it requires desperate faith first. It requires us to, to come to a place in our hearts where we realize we need Jesus and we're, and we're ready to beg. So I don't know where you are today in this um, progression, right? But I think God wants, God wants to tell you today, listen, if you're in a place where all your resources have run out, if you're in a place where you realize Jesus is the only one who can get you out of where you are, if once you're in that place, guess what? This is what I believe. Your faith gets activated. And if your faith hasn't gotten activated lately, it's because maybe, gosh, it's going to be, I'm, I'm getting ready to like say some harsh things. Y'all ready? <laughs> you guys okay with that? All right. If you're, if you're not in a place where you're desperate for Jesus, maybe you think that you're the answer. Like maybe you're in a place where you're like, you know what, if I'm not desperate to go to Jesus for my problems or to go to Jesus for, for my needs, if my faith isn't activated by desperation, maybe I have the answer in my heart placed in the wrong person. Maybe I think I, can, I still got this. Give me a little more time. A little more self-discipline, a little more work, a little more, it's just if I try harder, if I just do the thing, whatever it is, I think I got this. And listen, don't get me wrong, right? I think it's really good for us to have like healthy self-esteem, for us to have confidence, for us to have the mentality like, man, we can do this. Like a lot of people in life go through life thinking that, that they're hopeless, that they're powerless. Like God created you with the ability to achieve much. Anybody, like, excited about that? Come on. God gave you the ability to achieve much, right? Like, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. But many times when it comes to our needs, we rely on ourselves so much. We're self-reliant. Let's just be honest with, them, with each other. Like, and I know we got, like, a little deep really fast. <laughs> but I'm telling you, like, God's not holding back tonight. I think if, we, if we're honest with ourselves, our faith isn't activated because we believe we're self-sufficient. But listen, I, th I think when you combine desperation with faith, then you got faith that's willing to do the work. You, you got faith that's willing to go the extra mile like this guy did. And look, let me be clear. I'm not talking, like, hear me out, okay? I'll ask up here for a second. I'm not talking about, like, faith that will work for salvation. We all understand, right, that salvation is a gift from God. 
we're not talking about that. The faith that I want to highlight tonight is a faith that's desperate. Say with me, desperate faith. Come on, let your voice fill the room. Say desperate faith. Right? This faith is, is faith like the, the government official. Right? This is not for salvation. This is for, hey, I want to see God do something in my life, so I'm going to activate that faith. And listen, I, I'll tell you this. I've struggled with this for a long time, y'all. I, I, I said it earlier in the service. I come from a very charismatic church. A background where, like, everything is like fire and wind, come and do it again. That's like day and night, night and day. <laughs> if you've got, like, if I'm scared of the dark, there's a demon. Like, if, if you know, if my head hurts, just cast it out. Like, I mean, it's like, anybody raised like that? <laughs> no, just me? Okay, a couple of people, okay. And, like, I think there's power in prayer. There's power in intercession. There's power in, like, you know, understanding the spiritual realm. But a lot of times, I'll just be honest, I was caught off guard by the element of faith. I feel like, I feel like the message many times was, if you have enough faith, God will do something for you. And it was almost like in my head, I was like, I don't know, I can't compute that. You know, it was almost like my faith is like God's, like I can twist God's arm to like do whatever I want him to do for me. This is not what we're talking about. Because even though that's my experience, biblically, there is so much correlation between faith and miracles of Jesus. Like, don't take my word for it. Go and read the Bible on your own, right? I'm going to give you a few examples. Like, there's... There's actually, I don't know if you know this, there's, there's a passage where it says that Jesus went into a town, just to make, it, to make it brief, and he couldn't perform a lot of miracles. Have you heard that story before? Do you know why he couldn't perform a lot of miracles? Because people lacked faith. They didn't really believe because he was, he was from that town. They're like, I don't know. Like, this is the guy that, like, I saw grow up in that corner over there. Like, he's, you know, he had burgers on his face. He would wipe them off. Like, <laughs> like you know, he's a little kid. He grew up. Like, he thinks he can come in here. Like, they didn't believe in Jesus. And because people lacked faith, he couldn't perform a lot of miracles in that town. Like, that's the Bible. That's not me talking. There's a correlation between faith and the miracles of Jesus. It's, it's crazy. Look at a couple of these passages, and then we'll move on to the next one. Because I, I get excited, and I talk a lot, and I move my hands, and um, y'all need to stop me. <laughs> All right. So listen to this. Just a few. Hebrews 11.6. Without faith... It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. James 2.17, in the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. John 11.40, then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Woo! Anybody in the room? Come on. So I think the question we need to ask ourselves tonight is this. It's not should I have desperate faith, but where does God want me to have desperate faith? And just take a moment to sit there. When was the last time you sought the Lord desperately? When was the last time if you were willing to walk 24 hours to go where Jesus is at. I know it's a different time, but just think metaphorically for, for a second. When was the last time you were willing to do the unthinkable for the impossible? What area of your life are you just tired of living in chains, living in oppression, living without freedom, living 
a life that is not the life God called you to live? How desperate are you willing to get to seek the Lord for, for breakthrough and freedom in that and healing in that? God can do a miracle in your life, but sometimes he just wants to see us ask and beg. God's not, Jesus is not just handing out miracles like, here you go. You know, and you're like, everyone's like, like a football game or something, catching a shirt or something like that. <laughs> like most people that got healed by Jesus in that time, like he, they went to Jesus with desperate faith. So write that down somewhere. Maybe that's something that you can take into your prayer closet to, uh, this week and ask it, Lord, Jesus, where do, you, where do I lack desperate faith? Where do you want me to have desperate faith? See, I can talk a lot. All right. Let's keep going. All right, awesome. Are we okay so far? Is that too harsh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, cool. So listen, desperate faith is a thing, okay? Let's go to verse 48. Let's keep going. Remember, we're asking Jesus to speak to us here. So this is the next part of the story. Jesus asked, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? Okay. So this man goes to Jesus, begs him to heal his son. Jesus wasn't like, of course, my beloved, I will go with you. No, he was like, gosh, will you never believe in me unless you see me do stuff? <laughs> That's what he would, maybe, maybe it wasn't in that tone. I don't know. What do you guys see? What do you think? What do you think Jesus asked that question? What do you see in that question? Woo! I'm going to scream the whole night. <laughs> you have faith. I want to I dive into that a little bit more. Think about that. What, what else do you think Jesus is asking? Do you think I need to be there? Okay. Keep going. All right. Do you think I need to be there? Was that it? Anything else? Are you coming for the miracle? Or why? Or, or because you have faith that I can do the miracle? Hmm. So I think Jesus is, from that question, I think Jesus is trying to get to his motivation. Like, why, like why are you really here? Like, what's your, what's your motivation, right? I think it goes back to this question. It's not just do you have faith. What kind of faith do you have? Like, is it the faith that you just want to see me, like, perform stuff? Or is it because you have faith in me, right? Um, think of it this way. I thought, I thought of this as I, but I love, I love that, that way. I thought of it this way to, um, this week. Is he asking Jesus to prove himself or is he asking Jesus to show himself? Right? Like, is he coming to Jesus asking him like, hey, I heard that you do stuff. Show me. Like, prove yourself. Or is he coming to Jesus already believing like, I know you can do this. That's why I came. And I... Please show yourself, like show the nature that I believe is in you, a good, caring, miraculous, work, like miracle-working God. Like show yourself, right, versus prove yourself. That's, I think, I think at the heart of the question is what it is. Yeah, Jesus may have been asking for that motivation. He may have been asking for clarity, um, something like, are you willing to believe me even if I don't give you what you're asking for, right? That's another way of, of looking at it, like, Will you never believe in me unless you see this? Like, is that the only way you'll believe in me? Right? There, there could have been some frustration. Anything else? Man, that's good. Gosh, I love this. Woo! 
Come get the mic. Okay. <laughs> Will you not believe in me? I, I want to get this right. Say it again. If I don't perform... Will you not believe me if I don't perform? You think, wow, I'm writing a lot. You need. That's sloppy. You. That's really good. Will you not believe me if I don't perform the miracle you think you need? That speaks to my heart a lot. That really does. I got almost emotional thinking of that. Um, it reminds me of a passage... Uh, where the three, I never, can never say their names. Three men. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't, don't even let me try. I've tried so many times to memorize that thing. Um, and they literally are like, listen, we're not going to bow down to this idol. I know that if we bow down to this idol, you're going to throw us into the fire of flame. We're going to probably die. But we have a God that can save us. But even if he doesn't, I will still not bow down to your idols and worship him. Like, that's mind-blowing. Like, I know, Jesus, that you can do this. I know you're the miracle worker. I know you're good. I, like, I know all these things about you. But I also trust your heart fully. I trust your intentions fully. And even if you don't do the thing I'm asking you to do, I still will choose to have faith in you and believe in you. That's, like, if you're not there, it's okay. Like, if you're like, I don't know if, like, I can say that. I've been through that, you know. And until you're put in that position, many times we don't know. But that's, I think that's the beauty of God's word. It just reveals stuff in us that we're like, God, I am so in need of your grace, right, of your mercy. I think this is another way we can say this is Jesus wants you to believe in who he is, not just in what he can do. Like, that's a truth I think that you can let sink in into your heart. There's a lot of things he can do for you, but we don't follow Jesus for what he can do. A lot of times we, get it, we fall in love with the gifts and we forget about the gift giver, right? Sometimes we can, we can be really like, full, like, it's good to enjoy life, but don't forget the person who gave you life. Right? Like he's the source of all good things. And so sometimes I think desperation can lead us to Jesus in a way that not many, not many things can. So, yeah, that's good. All right, let's go to the next verse. Verse 49. Man, y'all are killing it. So, verse 49. The official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. This is the answer that he gives to possibly the question of why. Like, why are you here, right? Like, will you not believe in me unless I, unless I do stuff? And, just, and the man is like, uh, would you please come and heal my son? He kept begging. He literally kept begging. What do you think that is? Desperation. Yeah. Like, he, there's desperation and urgency in, in, his, in his voice. What else? That is good. You have to remember the context. Like, one word like Lord, the fact that the Roman government official is using the word Lord to refer to Jesus. I mean, it's elevating the position of Jesus way above his own, right? And that's speaking faith right there. I think if the man, I mean, excuse me, I think if Jesus was asking the man what kind of faith he has, he already answered it with just that one phrase, Lord, right? He's saying, God, I believe in you. 
You know, I, be, I believe you. Maybe, let's be clear, maybe because later on the story, it says that he and his whole household believed in Jesus as a result of the miracle. So maybe he believed Jesus without, without believing in Jesus just yet. Does that make sense? Okay. Because it's, I don't know if you've met people that are like, yeah, I, I believe, you know, um, that God exists. I believe there's like some thing out there. Like some people have like crazy ideas of what the universe is like and maybe how do you know it's the right religion, all this stuff. Like there's a difference between believing like that God exists and believing in God. Like I believe that Jesus is God. It's different than I believe that he existed. So side note. <laughs> all right. But yeah, I think that Jesus uh, answered the why. I mean the man answered the why um, even before he saw what he could do. So I think that there's faith that there's faith that believes when it sees, and there's faith that believes um, when it hears. And if you, if you have Jesus as, the, if you believe Jesus is the truth, when he speaks, you agree and you believe already, even before you even saw the miracle, right? And so, yeah, I think um, that's a big deal that the, he answered Jesus' why and expressed that he believes in Jesus even before he saw what he could do. Um, something you could write down, too, for, for your personal time after this because man you, you I encourage you to like take some time with with this word um is where is Jesus asking for my why I'm sure you guys have prayers I'm sure you guys have petitions um do I have faith you know am I coming for the miracle because I have faith that he can perform the miracle like what's my why why am I asking is it because I'm more interested in what Jesus can do for me or, or am I interested in who Jesus is as a person? You know, like, guys, let me just take a pause for a second. I, I'm going to say this again. Like, I believe that Jesus performed miracles even today. There's, believe it or not, there's people today, Christians, who love the Lord, who believe that miracles are not for our time. That's a whole different theological discussion. You can get into it if you want, research if you want. I encourage you guys to like, don't be afraid of research and information. Like, read the Bible, right? Um, I've seen way too many things in my life to say that the miracles don't exist. Um, I think God still works today. Um, he's not, like, I don't pray for his miracles, but I'm not afraid of asking God for miracles. Does that make sense? Like, I, I'm not afraid of asking Jesus to heal and to redeem and to restore. Um, and so, at least for me, oh gosh, what was I going to say? At least for me, it's just, it's a matter sometimes of God checking my heart. I've shared this a couple of times before. Sometimes when I ask God for something, I don't know if this has happened to you, he'll answer back with a question. Anybody have experienced that before? Like, and it's usually always why. It's the most annoying thing ever. <laughs> it's like, let's just put it simple. Like, let's just put it really simple. I have uh, uh, student loan debt. God, Lord, just will you please help me just pay off my, my student loan debt? Simple prayer, right? Jesus is like, why? Like, well, you know, because it's debt and it sucks. <laughs> Oh, do you feel like maybe after you 
get out of debt, you'll be finally financially secure. Oh, I mean, yeah, Lord. So your security is in your absence of debt. Oh, Lord, God, that's not what I was asking. Um, <laughs> okay, Lord, uh, Lord, will you let, help me find a job that makes more money? Why? Goodness gracious. <laughs> but he's such a perfect father. It's not that he doesn't want to give you good gifts. He does. He just wants to know the motivation of your heart sometimes. It's like, hey, why do you really want that thing you're asking for? Like if you're, if you're desperately asking God, let's say you're single and, and, and you're like, man, I, I want to find a partner, someone I can marry, someone I can like do life with. And you're asking and begging God to do that. God can do it. But sometimes he'll try to work with you first. Like, hey, I want to know why. Why are you asking me that? Do you feel you'll find, you'll find like fulfillment in this relationship? You feel like that's what you need to live a fulfilled life? You're like, Lord, I wasn't ready for that at 9 in the morning in my quiet time. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Woo! Right? But sometimes God's like, tell me why you're asking for that. Right? Like, do you, wanna, you want me to answer a prayer so that you can live for my glory? Or just because you feel like I'm a slot machine that you need to, like, just get things from? He doesn't, God doesn't want to be used. He wants to use you for his glory. So let's make sure that our, when we ask for bold prayers, it's to glorify his name. Not just to make us feel better. Gosh, I'm sorry if I'm here. So <laughs> I feel like I'm like preaching tonight. All right. So maybe somebody didn't hear that. And don't be mad at me. All right. All right. So let's, let's, uh, let's move on. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's go to verse 50. Let's go to verse 50. So he called them Lord. Jesus uh, asked him after Jesus asked him his why. What was his response after he asked him his why? And he said, "You're my Lord." Jesus' response was, "Then Jesus told them, go back home. Your son will live." And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. This one is a good one. So let me erase some of this. What do you see? Faith. He believed what Jesus said. We're going from like, like two sentences, answers to like home, faith, God. I mean, I'm here for it. That's fine. Just, yeah. Okay. So he believed in faith and then he responded with his next step. Is that what you're saying? So he responded with his next step. Anybody else? He didn't know when it was going to happen, but his faith was just to trust. Okay. Woo! He trusted the spoken promise, not the, how did you say it? The seen circumstance there's some truth in that anyone did that speak to anybody at all yeah yeah I think you're absolutely right um let me simplify that can I put it's maybe it's not about proximity I didn't notice that like he trusted Jesus so much not just what he said but his command right like, hey, go back home. Your son will live. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> After, like, crying like a madman. Um, that's great. 
Go back home. Yep, obedience. That's exactly what I'm going to put. Obedience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a scripture. That's a verse. Like, I literally uh, wanted to say that tonight because, like, you're right on. Um, we live by faith and not by sight. I think that's something that maybe a lot of you guys needed to hear tonight, you know, as you pray and as you ask God to move and to do things. Man, I love when God speaks through his word. It's so good. Um, I wanted to make a comment real quick about the proximity. I don't know where I put it. Um, like Jesus was not going to be here for, for a long time. Um, and he literally like proved he doesn't have to like physically lay hands on someone for them to be healed. His, his authority transcends distance. And, and, and time and space, you know, like whatever God says, it is done immediately, no matter where it is. Like God's not limited by proximity. And what, something that God spoke to me as I was um, really just kind of reading this, and I even as I talked to Josh Ivy about this, and he wrote this too, it's like this idea of like Jesus cares more about your proximity to him than your proximity to his miracles, and if you think about it, the official was far from his son, but he wasn't far from God, right? Like he was far from, from the need, but he, but he was close to Jesus. He, in other words, the official was far from his dying son, but he was close to the living God. And what cost him to get there? Desperation cost him to get there. And so something God spoke to me is like, man, sometimes God can use our desperation for him to cause our nearness to him. Like some, sometimes when, when you're in a position, when you're just desperate to see God move, and you realize nothing else can solve this, nothing else has the answer for this, only Jesus can solve, you, you become desperate for him. That draws you to his presence, right? It's a benefit sometimes of, of needing a miracle. I think Josh talked about it last week. He said, everyone needs a miracle, but not everyone wants to need a miracle. Remember that? Like this idea of like, man, we don't want to be in need, but sometimes our needs, our needs drives us to our knees. And we get close to Jesus. The word of God says that he's near to the brokenhearted. I don't know if I shared this with you last time or not, but like when my daughter falls and like I could be, I usually like prop my garage doors open. I sit there, I'll read a book or something, put some music and my kids like in the little scooters. You know, the, the ankle killers? You know what I'm talking about? I'm just like, you'll learn. I'm not going to tell you twice. Um, but they're like riding around the scooters, right? And I'm watching them play and stuff like that. Because if I try to get onto one of those things, you know, it'll be the last time the scooter or I live. So, um, I'm, you know, she's, she's going around. And, and I'm, and I'm, I love her. I'm near her. We're having a good time. But the moment she falls, scrapes her knee, and starts to cry, what does my dad mode go into? I run near to her. I want to be close to her. I probably carry her to her. Daddy's here. It's okay. I wipe her tears off. Like, she is hurting and she's in need, so I'm close. That's what a father does. Sometimes we hate the fact that we have needs. Why do I have to need a miracle? Why can't I just, like, do this thing on my own, right? But if you get tired enough of trying to solve things on your own and not seeing results... 
you realize Jesus is the only answer to this. And if, if your heart breaks for that, like God is near to you in that moment. And your desperation for him causes you to be near to him. And he loves that. He doesn't love that you have a problem. I don't love that my daughter got her knee scraped, but I love being there for her. And so don't, man, like don't shy away from God in time of need. That's what he's there for. He's there as a good dad, as a good father. And not like earthly fathers, because earthly fathers, I don't know if you've had experience with earthly fathers, but most of them are terrible, including myself. <laughs> we all have faults. Do not compare God's father figure to your own experience with your dad or lack thereof. Like, he's a perfect good father. He's the example of what a perfect father is. And so, draw near to him. He is near to the brokenhearted. So it's okay to be desperate. It's okay to have needs. It's okay to go to the Lord um, with, with, with requests. So I'll end with this, okay? Let's, let's end here tonight. Um, because I, I think this is a, a good word for us to take. Like, what do I do with all this? Like, where does God want me to be desperate? Where, where are my knees? Like, what's my motivation, right? Once you, like, see, like, see God through those things, I think if we can learn anything from this man, it's a couple of things. Where is it? He trusted the spoken, not the seen circumstance. In other words, look at what he did. He begged God until he heard God speak. Then he stopped begging. Then he believed and went home to see the fulfillment of the promise. Look at that. Look at that. Like, if I'm asking God to speak to me, if I'm asking God for a breakthrough, I'll be, I'll be honest with you guys. There's things in my life that I'm praying like, constantly. And in this season, there's been something personal to me that I've been asking God um, to, to see an answer for. Let's just, let's just call it that. And I've been asking that for, gosh, I don't know, like more than a year. Um, and if, if, you know, if we want to talk about this later, like we can't. I don't want to go into like the whole detail of the story. But basically, I feel like the Lord told me, you will see healing. It was very clear. I felt like he spoke that. Like, it was an impression of my spirit. And after I read this today, I was like, why, if I heard God say a promise to me and say, you will see healing, I will heal this. Why do I keep coming back and, oh, Jesus, like, like we talked about last time, you know, uh, I don't know if you remember, but <laughs> I need healing. It's like, I told you already that I was going to heal it. Why do I keep asking? Do not I believe God's word the first time? Like, if you, if you read God's word and he gives you a promise about anything in your life, why do we sometimes default again to, Lord, do this thing for me? Why do you, like, we keep begging when God already spoke. And instead of begging, we should be believing. You know? So I think sometimes the way that I feel like the Lord spoke it to me is you need to beg until you hear God's voice and then believe until you see God move. You're begging until you, you want an answer. You want an answer. You want an answer. You're begging. You're begging. You're begging. Be desperate. Do the unthinkable. Take risks. Get near to Jesus. Get on your knees. Cry. Like the whole he heard, he, he needed, he heard, he went. Like maybe you haven't come till he begged. Like that's a humble place to be. You need humility to go to the begging place. You can admit, 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 admit you need Hear about Jesus, come to Jesus, but sometimes we're all around Jesus going like, 
I mean, I heard you're cool. Like you do like cool stuff. And inside you're dying. Like, kill, the, kill your pride. Kill your pride tonight. Like, what is holding you back from crying out to Jesus? From begging to Jesus? Like, get on your knees, cry. Are you not desperate enough to see transformation in your life? Are you not desperate? Like, like how badly do you want to be set free from that addiction? How badly do you want that pain in your body just to go away? Right? Like, or the pain in your heart to go away. How tired of you are you of living in the chains of maybe unforgiveness and bitterness? How tired of you living in depression, being constantly oppressed by suicidal thoughts? Like those things, like, I don't know what's in your heart, but aren't you tired of it? Living living in chains? Like, we all have something. It doesn't matter who's next to you hearing you pray. Like, let's get desperate for God's presence. And maybe not just internally, but if you if your heart is heavy for what's going on in this world, in our generation, in our, in our cities alone, in our schools, in our nation. When is, it, when is it time for the church to get desperate and beg God to change something? Maybe you don't have something that you need to beg God for personally, but you need to beg God for others. Maybe you have a friend, a family member that doesn't know Jesus. They need salvation. Why have you stopped begging? Beg until you hear God's voice that says, that prayer is answered. When you receive that, then you walk by faith. And then you, you start speaking like, like it's already done. You start saying things like, I am healed. Like God, God told me that. Walking, walking in, your, in, in your healing, believing that your relative is safe, believing that God is moving in our country, believing, like whatever it is that you, you need to be desperate for, beg until God speaks, until you hear God's voice, and then believe until you see it happen. Because that's what faith is like. So let's go ahead and stand up. I don't want to just talk about this. Did you know most revivals in the history of revivals have almost always been started by the youngest generation? Like you have a gift. You see where this is headed. It's not looking good. What kind of generation are we going to be? We're going to just sit here, pretend nothing's happening. Happy thoughts, happy thoughts. <laughs> or are we going to be like, I'm not okay with this. And I can't solve it. I can't solve the world's problems with an Instagram post. I've engaged in Instagram, like, talk because I think it matters. But, like, sometimes, like, that doesn't do anything. We need Jesus. We need him to move. We need unity. We need restoration. And I believe God can break out in this generation with miracles, signs, and wonders through you. If you're the generation who says, I've had enough of this, of pretend Christian, pretend church, say one thing and act like another, that will not be our generation. And you get desperate to see a move of God. And it's not just one night. Josh Ivey led us so well last week. And I just felt the Lord saying, you don't pray for revival for one night. 
you beg until you hear God's voice. So we're going to pray for revival tonight. And maybe revival starts in your life right now. Because as we pray for revival, I feel like God starts to change stuff in us. And he starts sparking a fire in our hearts first. Man. Go ahead and close your eyes where you're at. And I really, really encourage you. Take a posture, whatever that looks like, of, of begging. Like maybe you've never raised your hands before. Kill the pride. Come on, kill the pride. Lift up those hands. Maybe you've never kneeled. Maybe you need to lay down flat on the floor and just be like, I surrender. Maybe you need to pace around. Maybe you need to sit down. Maybe you need to sit still. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But God, we're desperate for you. We're desperate for you. Come on, let's just go ahead. I'm going to pray, but I want you to join in a concert of prayer with me. Let's not be afraid to lift our voice and say, God, we need you. God, we need you. We're desperate for your presence, Lord. Would you come? Lord, would you come and move, God? Would you come and move? God, we see the needs of our generation, Lord. We see the, the direction that we're headed, God, and we're not okay with it because we know that you're not okay with it, God. There's so much chaos, so much hatred, so much division, so much sin, Lord. So much this unity, God, and you want to see a generation who fights for justice, who fights for revival, who fights for unity, God. Let that be us, Jesus. We need your presence. God, we can't do this by ourselves. We can't do this on our own, God. So we beg you. We beg you, Jesus. We know that you can move. We know that you can speak. We know that you can do the impossible, God. Lord, would you give us a spirit, Lord, that says we're willing to do the unthinkable for the impossible. Whatever that looks like, God, what would you require of us? So come and move, Jesus. Come and move, Jesus. Come on, just keep continuing to lift up your praise. Continue to lift up your, your petition. Continue to lift up your hunger. And just say, God, we want to see you move. We want to see you move, Lord. Lord, would you wreck our expectations? Would you wreck our expectations? Our expectations are so low sometimes. God, would you just wreck that right now, Lord? God, would you start revival here, now, in this room, Lord? Would you start revival here, now, in this room? God, would you start revival here, now, in this room? Holy Spirit, move in me, Jesus. Move, 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 God. Move, Jesus. You're here and I know you will feel me, Jesus. Come now, Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you feel the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will feel me. Come now, Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you feel the room, 
Jesus, will you heal my mom? Jesus, will you bring salvation to my uncle? Lord, would you bring restoration to this relationship, Jesus? If you if you let to pray for our nation, pray for our nation. If you feel led to pray, pray for our generation, pray for our generation. But say, God, I know you are here. I know you can move. I know you can fill me, Jesus. God, would you encourage my spirit, Lord, to lift up the heart of Christ, God, a, a heart of desperate faith, Jesus. Would you come and move? Thank you for listening to the C12 podcast today. Take some time in the next few days to practice what Yona shared with us. Where is Jesus asking for why you are praying for something? And continue to beg for it. If you're listening to this podcast today on Friday, the 10th of September, I want to invite you to Night of Worship tonight. At all of our 12 Stone campuses, whatever's most convenient for you, you definitely will want to be there at 7.30 tonight. And then also into Seven Nights of Prayer in this next week. 12 Stone is going into what God has for us, and we are going into seven nights of prayer. For more information about that, just go to 12 Stone's Instagram account or their website and get more information about it. And I'll put links for that in the podcast description below. You definitely will want to be a part of it and see what God has for you during seven nights of prayer. And if you want to know more information about C12, make sure you follow us on Instagram at C12Stone. There also will be links for that in the podcast description below. And I hope to have you join us next week at C12 and at the 7 Nights of Prayer coming up. See you there.